my own. So uh, let's jump right into it, though. No need to waste more time. Y'all know what it is at this point. And at number 11, we have the Florida Gators out of Gainesville. Uh, 2018 was a bounce back year for the Gators, getting their first 10 win season. And since 2015, 2017, they went 4-7. And, and last year, they came back with a 10-3 and record. This is this was a uh, a great I, I won't say great team, but they were a decent team last year. It could have been better. They had 19 starters returning last year, and um, in Phil Stills Magazine 2018 College Football Preview Edition, he coined them as the most improved team in college football with uh, the 19 starters returning. That was also Dan Mullen's first season. The team allowed 20 points per game. But they scored a whopping 35 a game, which is the most they've scored since 2000, 2009. This is also the first time they've eclipsed 30 points since 2014. So, you know, a, a lot of upside with the team last year. But like I said, they had 19 starters. So me personally, I think they could have did a little bit better with the 19 starters. That's, uh, you know, that's pretty much all of your starters coming back. But they took a couple losses. Uh, One took. Kentucky, a uh, second game of the season at home, 16-27. They also lost to Georgia, 17-36. And they took a, a, a real disappointing loss to Missouri at home, 17-38. Um, that game, Felipe Franks, who we will get more into, he was benched that game. Another roller coaster ride on his <laughs> – another another mark on his roller coaster career. Um, yeah, so this season – They'll have 13 starters coming back, five on offense, eight on defense. Um, like I said, this will be Dan Mullen's second year, the quarterback guru. He spent some time at Florida back in back during the Urban Meyer days um, as an offensive coordinator. So he's familiar with Florida. This is, not, this is nothing new to him. Um, but, yeah, it, can third time around, can he really take Florida to the next level, uh, get him in the SEC championship game? or even the college playoff game. So let's go over the rosters and see where they really fit. So the first thing I want to start off with for the Gators is Felipe Franks. Now, many of you should know Felipe Franks. He, um, His biggest claim to fame so far in his career was the 63-yard walk-off touchdown um, that he tossed to Tyree Cleveland back in 2017, I believe, um, against Tennessee. Uh, it was a great moment, probably one of the greatest moments of that of that season. That was his biggest claim. You know, that's when I really started paying attention to him. Uh, I remember actually watching that game from start to finish. Uh, and, you know, he's a big back, big quarterback, 6'6", has a big arm. Um, but his his career his career at Florida has been a roller coaster. Last year, he was benched. Um, in 2017, he was <laughs> he was benched twice as a redshirt freshman of course but you know it's it, he's often been booed by fans and he's all always criticized by florida fans and it, it, it's just he's playing in a program that has great history when it comes to quarterbacks you know you got chris leaks uh danny warfel um steve Spurrier, tim tebow you know you got three guys there that that won the heisman you know, so he has to he has to play in that shadow all the time, and the Florida fans are going to hold him to that standard. And Franks has not he hasn't he hasn't reached 
he hasn't come close to that standard. I can't even say he hasn't reached. He hasn't come close to that standard yet. Last year, he had a decent, a great season. Um, I won't say great, but he had a good season. 24 touchdowns, only six interceptions, um, but only 2,457 yards passing. Um, Got to get above that. He still has yet to eclipse six, completing 60% of his of his passes, which is also another issue. Um, last year, it was 58.4. So the criticism comes it, it, it's not un it's not unwarranted you know he he does have to play better as a starting quarterback of a team of a power five team of an sec team of a team that has great history at that position yeah you have to play better you know he has the tools to do it he's like a, he's six six with a big arm you know once he's ready to go into the nfl i'm pretty sure stats or no stats some uh nfl coach is going to snag him up and, and see what they can do with him but, yeah, he has to play better. And Dan Mullen, you know, for him to be the quarterback guru and, you know, we give him praise for what he did with Dax and, and um, all the other quarterbacks on his on his resume. But uh, so far, Felipe Franks hasn't hasn't put his – hasn't cemented, him, cemented himself as one of those premier quarterbacks under Dan Mullen. Um, so this year, the, the microscope is going to be on him – heavy very heavy um but for me i think i like him i do think i like i like franks but i just want to see him play better and this is coming from a florida state fan you know i don't like i i, I like to see florida you know fall to the to the bottom of the, of, the, of the barrel but at the same time as a college football fan and understanding you know looking at the game bias yeah, he has to play better, and I would like to see him play better because I think Florida is one of those teams in college football that when they're good, then the the game is better. You know, the game is more entertaining, you know, having them, you know, reach that, that high point that they've been at for so long, especially during the 90s. Um, so, yeah, for Felipe Franks, he just has to play better. Um, behind him is Emory Jones, 6'2", Rusher, freshman, 199, and Kyle Tracks who played in four games in 2017 and uh, played uh, one game in last year when, in the Missouri game when uh, Franks was benched. So, and, and let's go over that game real quick. I, I can give you, you know, that passing numbers for a second. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> passing completions and attempts. They went 19 for 40 with 210 yards and one, and, and, and uh, they were sacked one time. So, not good numbers, you know. That's that's not good numbers. And Frank started majority of that game, so it's just not good numbers for for, for you coming from your quarterback playing. If your quarterback looks like that, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it to that next level. You're gonna take uh, disappointing losses to Missouri and, and teams like that. So, for Frank's Dan Mullen and the rest of the Florida Gators, they really have to figure out how to get Frank's on the up and up. And, and and reach that potential that everyone you know believes he has. Looking at the rest of the offense, um, their biggest concern will be the offensive line. Uh, Nick Buchanan is the only returning starter from last year, and he is uh, surrounded by uh, redshirt freshmen, two juniors, or uh, three juniors actually, and which a, a couple have game experience. Uh, left guard Brett Hedgie, he has he played in nine games last year. Gene Delance played in four games last year, right tackle. 
and Stone Forsey, he played in 13 games last year. So they have guys with game experience, but no one other than the center um, Buchanan has has a uh, uh, starting experience. And, you know, this is coming off from a team last year that had Jawan Taylor, uh, who was a uh, second-team All-SEC right tackle. He's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, also, three-time All-SEC left tackle, Martez Ivey. Also, left guard, Ty- Tyler Jordan. And right guard, Frederick Johnson. So, you know, these guys last year were big in in, in the um, rebuild, the bounce back for Florida. Um, but this year, they're going to have to rebuild that rebuild that entire line and it could be tricky going into the first few weeks of the season you know we'll get into that schedule but the chemistry is of the offensive line is really going to depend on the future of i mean the success of the rest of this offense i definitely think french the last thing french need is a bad offensive line you know (laughs) he needs everything to be in perfect synchronization in order for him to 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 really have a, a big breakout year, and Steve Spurrier said he he he's a he's a Heisman candidate. Um, I think Steve was just you know stepping stepping up for his quarterback after seeing how, how much he's been getting bashed lately. But yeah, the offensive line only twenty four career starts currently right now on that team, on that on that line, so it's going to be tough to see them get the chemistry together early and 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 really set set themselves set themselves up for for a great offensive year uh the rest of the, the rest of the offense four seniors in the receiving group uh pretty much got their all their receiving leaders back van jefferson last year led the team with 503 receiving yards six touchdowns he's followed by josh hammond uh who had 369 yards four touchdowns trayvon grimes 364 yards two touchdowns freddie swain 265 yards five touchdowns and Tyree Cleveland uh, came through with 212 uh, receiving yards and three touchdowns so and if you like I said if you were listening earlier Cleveland was the guy that caught that big walk-off touchdown 63 yarder from from uh Frank's quarter and stride and everything right in the end zone right in the middle of the end zone it was a beautiful play if you haven't seen it yet definitely go YouTube that man that was a that was a great play big play um but yeah so the receiving group has experience. Um, like I said, four seniors on this group that they should they should have some uh should have some fun this year. But I, I hope they can get their numbers together because I would like to see better better receiving numbers. Um just like I, I have I look I criticize Franks. I have to cr- criticize the receiving group too. You know, they're catching the ball. You know, once the ball leaves Frank's hands, it's up to their job to really put the uh, put the yards up, put the touchdowns up. So, yeah, his his passing numbers are low, but you got to also look at the receivers too. And I think a lot of these guys can put up better numbers, especially with four of them coming back being seniors. Um, I definitely think they can put up better numbers than what they put up last year as far as passing the offense goes, um, only averaging 214 passing yards a game, which is uh, it's kind of pathetic. You know, it was <laughs> uh, only one game over last year. They had 300 passing yards. Um, and they're ranked 82nd in the country in passing offense. So definitely got to bump them numbers up. Um, as far as the running game, running game was on point. Nine games over 200, 200 total rushing yards. 
Uh, they ranked 27. They were ranked 27 in the country. Uh, Russian offense. Lamichael. Lamichael Perrine. He leads the group. Uh, coming back from a 800, 834 yards and uh, seven touchdowns last season. Playing behind Jordan Scarlett, who is no longer with the team. Uh, also, Damian Pierce will be making will be coming back. Uh, last year, he had 434 yards on 69 carries, um, two touchdowns. And uh, Franks, he was the third leading rusher, well, fourth leading rusher on the team with 501 yards um, and seven touchdowns. Third leading rusher, sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, so the running game, don't think it will miss a beat, and it, sh- it can't miss a beat, you know, with the offense, with the receiving, I mean, passing game, uh, trying to figure itself out, with Franks trying to figure himself out. I think Dan Mullen cannot allow the running game to to skip a beat. And in fact, they might have to be better this year than they were last year. Also, sophomore Malik Davis makes his return. Uh, he played in three games last year as a true freshman, but suffered a, a season-ending injury. Uh, he'll be making his return, so it'll be interesting to see how they use him and Perrine um, in the backfield. But yeah, Dan Mullen has to make sure this rushing offense stays at a high level you cannot let them decrease their production while the passing game figure itself out uh that is the key to this offense is continuing that rushing dominance um phil still thinks this will still be one of the best running back groups in the sec so only time will tell and um he also thinks malik davis coming off injury will be their top rusher but like i said only time will tell i actually think uh, LaMichael Perrine coming off of the season he had last year, he's probably going to get a lot of most of the load until uh, they really acclimated Davis into the offense. Really got him make make sure his mind is right to return back to running the ball at a high level. But yeah, the Russian offense has to stay at 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 the peak of their game, and we should see uh, a great a good Florida offense, a better Florida offense than what we saw last year. You know, it all depends on three things. You know, how quick the chemistry on the offensive line can develop. Uh, of course, Felipe Franks and his receivers, can they put up more yards in the running game? So, and um, but it all starts with the offensive line. All starts with the offensive line. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, probably this this the defense for Florida will probably be a lot more consistent than the offense with the eight starters returning. Uh, last year they only allowed twenty points per game. Uh, in two thousand seventeen, they they allowed twenty seven. So big big drop off from that. Um, let's see if they can get back down into the teens. Uh, replicating that 2016-2015 defense and going all the way back to 2012 where they only allowed 14 points a game. So uh, 95 rushing yards a game. That was a dominant defense. This year they have Jabari Zuniga coming back to lead the defensive line. He was all uh, third team All-SEC. Uh, he had 13 starts last year. They also have Kyrie Campbell coming back in nose tackle who had 10 starts last year. And another uh, defensive tackle, Adam Schuler who comes back with 10, from 10 starts last year. So 
These guys got experience on the defensive line, especially in this 3-4 defense. They're going to be the guys that hold the, hold down the anchor. And uh, going to the linebacker position, they lost their top tackler, Voshan Joseph, who had 93 tackles and six sacks. Uh, they also lost Charlie Gardner-Johnson, who had 71 tackles, three sacks, four interceptions. And Ja'Kai Polite, who had 45 tackles and 11 sacks at that uh, rushing position, linebacker rushing position. So they lost a lot of production at the linebacker spot. Here they'll have David Reese leading the, leading the group in the middle. He, last season, he finished with 77 tackles. Um, not not super productive, but, you know, he has some experience. He was also a second-team All-SEC player in, in 2017. So he knows what it's like to, to come up and play in the big moments. Um, other than that, they have a, a, a lot of guys who played in some games but do, don't have the the uh, the starting experience. Uh, Amari Bernie, sophomore, he st- he played in twelve games last year as a true freshman. He'll be the uh, wing wing linebacker at the star position. Uh, they have Trey Dean last se- last season as a true freshman. He played he had nine starts. Coming down, he's coming uh, down from the corner position to play inside, help out with that, with that um, star position. You know, it's a mix between safety, linebacker, corner type of type of thing. So he'll be that guy. And on the secondary, they have C.J. Henderson. Secondary is going to be a lot more better than than the linebacker group. C.J. Henderson leads this group. Defensive coordinator Todd Grantham uh, claimed Henderson to be the best cornerback he's ever coached. So. A lot of praise coming from him. And last year, well, as a true freshman, he had five starts, four interceptions, and was a second-team All-SEC. Last year, he had uh, two interceptions and finished once again as a second-team All-SEC selection. Uh, they also have Jawan Taylor, who had five starts last year, 64 tackles. Brad Stewart, uh, those are your two safeties, Taylor and Stewart. He played in 11 games as a true freshman. Uh, seven starts last season, 41 tackles. And the other corner, Marco Wilson, a sophomore, he he had 13 starts last year, um, true freshman. So this team, the, 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 this defensive back group, the secondary, has the experience. Um, a lot of guys with, with freshman experience, with experience since their freshman year. So this would be the best group of the defense, maybe one of the best groups in the SEC. Uh, as far as uh, uh, passing defense goes, and they probably could be one of the best teams in the country on passing defense, but gotta gotta rely on that defensive line, just like the offensive line. But yeah, like I said, the defense they'll be a lot more productive, a lot more consistent than the offense coming up in um in the 2019 season. The Gators have a. a uh, somewhat, somewhat tough schedule. Um, Phil still has it ranked as the tenth toughest schedule in the country. Um, they'll open the season August twenty fourth in Orlando against Miami. Uh, that's a rivalry game, you know, the Governors Cup. Uh, they haven't played each other since two thousand thirteen, and Florida took a loss in that game. But the Gators are twenty eight and one in home openers, so uh, the numbers are on their side. Not. This game can go either way, uh, just because it's it's, it's a rivalry game. 
Florida boys versus Florida boys. It's going to be interesting. Um, not sure, not sure which way to go, which way to go on this one. Uh, that this one has me a little. Uh, I I know I'm going to watch the game. I know that for sure, but can't really call it right now. Uh, September seventh, they'll play UT Martin after a bye, and uh, UT Martin that should be a, a, a easy win for them. And then September fourteenth, they will travel to Kentucky, and Kentucky gave them a loss last year in Gainesville, but this time they will travel Lexington to take on the Wildcats. Uh, Gators haven't lost in Lexington since 1986, but the last time they traveled there back in 2017, they almost took a loss, walking away with a 28-27 victory after the Wildcats missed the game-winning field goal late. So that should be another interesting game for the Gators. You know, depending on how things go, they could possibly be one and two after the first three weeks of the season for them so after kentucky they will host the tennessee volunteers they've won 13 of the last 14 meetings versus tennessee including a last year 47 21 beat down if you remember last last time tennessee came <laughs> last time tennessee came to gainesville of uh, felipe franks dropped a 63 yard game winning touchdown on them so Tennessee doesn't have much luck right now. Um, their program is in all type of disarray. Uh, after Tennessee, they will host Towson. Uh, shout out to Towson, um, another Baltimore school. Shout out to them. They'll probably enter Gainesville and get beat down. Followed by another home game. This time it's homecoming, even though they haven't went anywhere since September 14th. But they will host Auburn for homecoming. Uh, that's a hell of a homecoming game. Usually when you pick a homecoming game, you pick a team that you know for sure you're going to beat. Uh, Auburn's going to be a tough battle for them October 5th. And we should know what type of offense this is. We should know how good Felipe Franks is by this time. Um, and it depends on how, how they do against this Kentucky Miami team. They might already be out of, you know, playoff conversations by this point. So we'll see. But that Auburn game, that's a tough homecoming, man. That's a tough homecoming to play. Um, after that, they will travel to LSU so it doesn't get any easier. And after LSU, they will travel to South Carolina. This is my trap game for them, uh, October 19th at South Carolina. Coming off back-to-back tough games against Auburn and LSU, if they do walk out of those games unscathed with no losses, then I can see them suffering a mental a mental lapse and a mental loss against South Carolina, who will be home. Pretty sure the crowd will be into it, especially if, if Florida is coming in there as one of the top teams in the country. So definitely watch out for that game. Check the, check the spreads, check the point spreads before you make any bets on that game. October 26th, they will play Georgia in their rivalry game. The Gators are 14-7 since, since 1998, but they've lost five of the last eight meetings, including back-to-back games. 2017, they lost 7-42, and last year they lost 36-17. So this game for Florida is going to be tough because Georgia's coming in once again as one of the top teams in the country. They'll more than likely be top three. When the preseason AP rankings come out, and you know it's 
Florida has to play a perfect game. Felipe Franks will have to be a Heisman caliber player to for for the for for them to knock off Georgia. Don't see them winning Georgia. This could be their third or fourth loss of the season. So, and I know earlier I said October twenty sixth they play Georgia. October twenty sixth is actually their bye. They play Georgia November second. Um, after Georgia, November 9th, they host Vanderbilt. They've won twenty seven of the last twenty eight meetings. Versus Vanderbilt, so that should be a good W. Um, and then November sixteenth, they'll travel to Missouri, one of the teams they lost to last year. This was also the game Felipe Franks was benched in, but this time they will go on the road to take on the Tigers. Last time they traveled to Missouri in two thousand seventeen, they took a sixteen forty five loss. So <laughs> they'll have revenge on their mind, and they'll go into another bye week on November twenty third. And to end the season, they will host Florida State Seminoles. So um, last year, they ended the nose a 36-year bowl streak with a 42-14 victory. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to speak on this game right now, you know, as a Florida State fan because I'm biased. But just know that they play the Seminoles November 30th. Um, to end the season, like I said, I I see a few losses on this on this schedule. Florida, you know, I I put them in my rankings because a lot of the experts had them in their top ten, and I you know, I said you know what I'm going to still I'm going to show them some respect. I'm going I'm not going to put them in the top ten because I don't think they'll finish anywhere near the top ten by the time the season over. I see them with four losses, four to five losses maybe. I trust the defense, but the offense just is too shaky. Um, the offensive line, we don't know what it's going to look like. Felipe Franks, you know, he's had a roller coaster ride since he's been at Florida. Um, it's just too, too much, too many question marks that, 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 that won't get answered until they play those tough games. And (laughs) they got three tough, they got two tough games in their first three games. And then they have a stretch of LSU at LSU. Well, starting with Auburn, then at LSU then at South Carolina, then Georgia. So, you know, they're not going to they're not going to win too many. They're, they're not going to walk out of that with too many wins. Like I said, three or four losses for for this Florida team. Um just don't trust this offense. Could they prove me wrong? Sure. Pretty sure Dan Mullen got something up his sleeve, but until then right now, no. I I see them dropping down. Um I only got them ranked 11 just to, you know, be be respectful to the experts and to Florida, but I don't see them as a top 10 or college, college football playoff caliber team. So like I said before, don't trust the offense. Don't trust Franks. Uh, Florida will drop in the rankings. Do not expect them to be into, in the top 10 by the season, by the end of the season. You might, they might not even be in the top 10 by, time, by the end of September. So um, once again, thank you for tuning into the weekend. I appreciate all my listeners, I appreciate all my supporters. Um, if you want to support me even more, go to patreon.com slash khilton, uh, forward slash khilton, and, you know, subscribe. Subscribe now, man, $3 a month, and you will get content on top of content from me. Um, it will help me continue my journey and my storytelling and just, you know, give me a foundation that I can build on 
for for my ultimate goal of reaching 100,000 subscribers to uh well i'm not going to tell you why i want 100,000 subscribers you got to go on patreon.com to find out the full story of why i i am looking to gain 100,000 subscribers this is a long-term plan this is a long-term journey um so sign up man three dollars a month that will be your that will be the price of your subscription forever in the day for with anything i put out whatever content i put out i will never raise your your um your subscription um this is for the first 100 people so sign up today also follow me on social media um k-n-d-l-l-h on instagram k-n-d-l-l-0 on twitter and you can like my facebook page just type in kendall hilton you'll see the dark skin brother with the bucket hat on and with all that being said thank you once again tuning into the weekend stay tuned because episode number what are we on five now you know yeah i think we're on five i think we'll be at episode number five um that'll be uh team number 10 so team number 10 we're creeping into the top 10 closer and closer to number one so make sure y'all tune in thanks talk to you guys soon live life like the weekend